Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. As Tim always said, used to say, the show before the show was actually oftentimes much better than the show itself. And as you know, if you've been following uh, our Your Money radio podcast, you know that we actually produce on the fly and we are not a, well, with the exception of Zach, our producer, we're not a professional group of radio um, personalities. We're actually financing, we're professional money managers and we give you the raw data and what you're seeing. We're talking about the markets in real time and things are changing now. The debt ceiling got approved so it looks like clear sailing ahead. The market's actually starting to act better, even though some of the numbers show a little slowing in the economy. So here is the conundrum. Here is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to kind of change course, and I'm going to get into the mailbag early because we had a, a, a mailbag email that actually talks about the topic that we were actually going to do today. And then we also have a new intern I'm going to introduce. But here's the conundrum right now. The market's acting better, but it's really somewhat narrow. Is it going to broaden? We'll have to see. But here's the conundrum. Do you chase the leaders? Do you chase the leaders, the NVIDIAs, the AI? Or do you buy a laggards, the laggards on a low risk entry point? Okay. So we're going to talk about that. It's really like a tale of two stocks. Remember the book, Tale of Two Cities? Nobody got that? Tale of Two Stocks. And we're going to let Teddy Bull handle that, right? And then I thought of Shakespeare, to grow or not to grow. I, I don't know. I just, what is the best way to go now going forward? That's the question, Zach. I saw Zach kind of look at me like, that was a terrible analogy. Oh, oh, oh you're lucky. I couldn't see over the, over the monitor. Anyway, so... Before, so, so here's a couple of things, okay? In, the, in 2021, at the peak of the SPACs, the special purpose vehicles, which are like the, IP, the newer version of the IPOs, 70% of all IPOs were done through SPACs, but they reached a peak in 2021. That's when the market peaked. So usually when IPOs peak, that's the end of the mature bull market. And then when they're, they dry up, that's usually marking a bottom somewhere. So, but because of the high interest rates and the market volatility, the IPO market has dried up, but now AI is breathing new life in that. And so this one article, this guy is talking about AI is going to change the world, that it's evolving fast winners and losers, but he's got four tips for AI investors. Number one, 
Don't rush in and try to buy the next new shiny thing. You want to stick with the big, big techs because they've got the cash reserves and they can buy up these small startups that are going to make it. Because out of, out of 10, only one or two are going to make it. The other eight, they're all vying for it. So you can stick with the big boys, right? And then you need to remember that it's still very early in the AI trend. You don't have to get in there right away just because there's a lot of froth or you can leg in. Anyway, he just basically is saying, don't miss out. It's, it, 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 you know, take caution. That's a good article. It's in the show notes. You can go look at that. But that's what we're going to talk about. Now, here is the mailbag that I was talking about. And before we go to the mailbag, I want to introduce a summer intern who actually reached out to Revere. We've got literally 10, 20, 30 interns every week that, that, that want to, you know, be an intern at Revere. And Isha Sima, I hope I pronounced her last name right. Isha reached out to us, reached out to Don, and she is an Excel wizard. And so it's like that old line in, in, uh, uh, with uh, Tom Cruise, you had me at Excel. As soon as he knew she was an Excel expert, it was like, all right, let's see what you got. She showed him. He said, all right, you, you come on board. So anyway, um, I'm going to read a quick email that Don sent when she first reached out to him, naming the questions, and then I'm going to follow up, and then I'm going to introduce her. So this is Don. Isha, put some thoughts into the questions when we, for when we speak. This is after she reached out to him. What are your career expectations? What do you like best about the markets? What are you best at? What skills of yours would help Revere? And what do you like least about the markets? Thank Don. Thanks, Don. So with that backdrop, Isha, where do you go to school? What's your major? Why do you love the markets? And what are your strengths? Yeah, so my name is Isha Simha. I just finished my freshman year at New York University. I'm studying business with a concentration in both finance and data science. And yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to do something related to business. Like I love talking to people, love hearing more about the constant companies that are growing and coming up. And I think actually over COVID, I started to read the Investor's Business Daily every day with my dad. IBD, just, baby. <laughs> and it just started out as a way to spend some time with him. But I actually got super interested in investing and I would sit with him and we would invest his money and he would kind of show me how to read the patterns, how to know when to buy, when to sell. And I started getting really into investing. And I love how in the markets there's always, there's like rules on when to buy, when to sell. And I feel like I really like that there's this methodology that you can know when that when to buy when to sell and you know that there's a way to kind of succeed and i love that feeling when you know that you did all the research and you made a good investment so wow so your dad was actually a stock nerd yes your dad's a stock. oh that's yes. awesome he's an ibd or all that's she's already got a head start because look that's no, no god listen folks i i promise you more nine out of ten times i get some young college kid that's 25 26 28 that's got Bill O'Neill's book or one of the other legends that's, that's done it, or they just started learning about technical because they got burned a couple times. They got into crypto and got their arse haunted to them. You know, they bought it at 80,000 and now it's 22,000, whatever. Right. And so they wanted to start learning technical. 
And then they go to their parents, and their parents think they've got a horn growing out of their head because they go, what? Technic- what are you talking about? Te- you just got to buy and hold and stay the course. Now, you're getting more and more seasoned people, people like me that are, you know, 55, 60, maybe 45. Um, that are doing more and more technical. So it's good to see that, that more and more people are doing that. It's also good to kind of see that the younger graduates now, I mean, I see the co- graduates coming out of finance, they're actually lining up to get their CFA right away or their other, or CMT, their chartered market technician, and they're helping them do it in college. I mean, when I, they didn't, they never brought that up or offered that to me in college. And I went back like 15 years later and took my CFA it was so hard because I had forgotten all the, I mean, because my C, when I took the CPA exam, I had memorized all these formulas and all this stuff. And I had to go re-memorize a lot of the stuff that I'd forgotten for the CPA exam, which I have now forgot for the CFA exam because I don't use a lot of it, but it still is, it is helpful. So, you know, do that stuff right. Whatever designations you want to get, you want to do them concurrently or right out of college before you have kids and stuff. So how do you like New York City? I love New York City. I feel like there's never a time when you're bored. There's always something to do. Nothing closes until like maybe 4 a.m., 3 a.m. Oh, you get food all day. Man, you order Chinese food at 4 in the morning, have it delivered to your door. Yeah, and you can just walk out. Like you don't have to drive anywhere. Just walk on the street. Mick Jagger, bite the big (laughs) apple. I loved I used to love, I was so bummed that my sister, well, she still has got a great life. She used to live there. So my sister graduated from the University of Texas. Went straight to New York City, wanted to be, you know, and she ended up opening up a, a headhunting service where they find hedge funds and investment bankers. And so for the 20s, ever since college, I would go up there and stay with her for 10 days out of the year from the time I was 20 till about the time I was 32. So it was a blast. And she had all the connect because she knew all the investment bankers. And the, we'd get into Studio 54 in the back door, you know, there'd be a line. Oh, there'd be a line 200 yards out the out the street. It was, it was a blast. So when he, but I'm taking my daughter up there in July. So we may have to look you up. We may, we're definitely have to go uh, look around. We're actually going to do that. This is just off the topic very quickly. So that not the, the nine 11, you know, the, 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 where the towers came down and you go through those tours mm-hmm. and you go through that. So my sister had a best friend. I mean, she was there when the towers went down, um, but she knew she had a bunch of people that worked there. One of her best friends, brother actually went down in the towers right and so for family members they actually get they if you want to i guess and to keep her brother's memory alive and to keep people she actually gets free passes free tickets and she can actually do tours they kind of train them for the family members that they can do their own private tour so like she's going to give me my daughter and my wife a private tour and you can actually go in some places that's not open to the general public if you're with the family. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty. So anyway, we're excited about that, but we're also going to go to some stuff. I'm going to try to get my daughter down to Wall Street, but she's not <laughs> like you, Isha. I've got to work on her because she stocks, you know, she, she, that's foreign to her. She does not. I failed with her. My son, my son, my son is very, very good. He's, he's understands it. He's not that into it, but he's good. My daughter's failed with them. Well, at least for the finance, at least for the finance. All right. So now, so let's talk about, so this is the mailbag because this is going to lead into our whole topic of the day. And by the way, folks, very quickly want to give the disclaimer. This podcast is for education and research only. Uh, It's not because some really good looking, smart, intelligent guy on the radio told you to go buy a stock. I'm talking about me, not Don. Um, 
Don't huh. just rush out. <laughs> just don't rush out and buy it. All right. Go out there and do your own research. And if you want some individual investment advice, reach out to us. You can email me at dan at revereasset.com, or you can always call us old school at 855-REAL-WEALTH. All right, getting right into it. Remember, the topic today is now that the market's starting to act right, you're, you should be taking more exposure and having more exposure. How do you do that? Do you, do you go in the sector where, that is hot? Or do you just buy the laggards that have been not doing well? What is the strategy? All right. So now with that, here's a mailbag. Don, as always, thank you so much for your daily YouTube videos. Today, I stuck my toe lightly into AI waters. By the way, this is yesterday, I think, or the day before Donald clarified. But I stuck my toe lightly into the AI waters, buying the new AI ETF, Exchange Traded Fund, CHAT, ticker CHAT, C-H-A-T. It is so new, it does make me nervous, though. I struggled the last couple months trying to get a piece of AI. I clearly failed not buying NVIDIA, NVDA, and now it looks extended. Along with the, all the other seemingly good AI stocks, uh, PLTR has my interest, or appear as garbage, AI stock C3, uh, C3.AI, that's AI is a ticker. Um, have you guys considered an AI themed Friday podcast? I don't believe you have done one, but I don't catch all those best wishes, Don Eric from Oklahoma, Eric, this is your show. We're doing this specifically for you, Eric. This is the AI theme podcast versus the rest of the market. Now it says, <laughs> I love this PS. Elf, e, ticker ELF, bit you months ago. I think you wanted to pull all elves off the shelf and stomp them and stomp on them if memory serves. Minor gloating. I did beat you in identifying that stock and it has treated me very nice, nicely. In the last six months, I've been in and out a couple times. It appears overly extended now again. So I have a tight stop expected to hit soon. But it has been fun and I have a 25% profitable ride. Congratulations. This is Don's response. Hey, Eric, thanks for, hi, Eric, thanks for reaching out. We bought chat today. That's at ETF. I really like the components and how they are sized. We're going to talk about that too. We will be talking about it on tomorrow's podcast. Tomorrow is today. This is tomorrow's podcast. Just like tomorrow's insights today. If you sign up for our daily market insights, I have elf envy again. Thanks, Don. So with that backdrop, Don, I'm going to put it over to you and ask you the question. What is the area to focus on, if any, or do you just do broad indices? And is it too late? Is it extended? How do you handle this tiger by the tail? First comment is, Dan, every time you touch the desk or the keyboard, it shakes the uh, your picture from My your camera? Uh, laptop. Yeah, your camera. It, it, it looks I'm like not touching it now. Now I'm just yeah. shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Uh, great, great topic. Great intro. Um, and what we'll talk about, right? Look at, well, first of all, uh, the alert that I just got, IWM above 180. This is big. I've been, I, I talked about this several times, most recently in last night's uh, uh, video. We're looking for broader participation from the market and we're absolutely getting it today. Cyclicals 
have gapped up. Uh, mid caps are and small caps are acting very well. The Dow is outperforming. Uh, sector rotation taking place inside the S&P 500. The Qs are lagging. Semiconductors are red, but cyclicals, industrials, basic materials, financials, all very green today. So the rotation is happening. We want to see this IWM. This is the small cap Russell ETF. Uh, break above this 180 level, get above the 200-day moving average. You can see uh, on 523 how it was rejected at the uh, 180 level and the 200-day moving average. I just got the alert that it's back above it today. Uh, if you also look at the Dow, which had been lagging very badly, it's leading the big cap indexes today. And you can see how it cleared all of this resistance back above the 50-day and the 21-day moving average. MDY mid caps breaking above this 450 level, which has been resistance and all of its moving averages. Uh, the S&P 500, very clear breakout above this recent uh, digestion area. But it's, again, it's not being led by tech. NASDAQ 100 today. There's some rotation taking place below the surface. NASDAQ 100 making new highs, but lagging. And if you look at semiconductors, which have been the leading index driven by AI, they're still inside consolidating this big multi-day move up after the NVIDIA uh, earnings report set the generative AI uh, sector on fire. So some good rotation. This is why we're big pr proponents of using the S&P 500 as a core part of your portfolio because on days like today, when the rotation takes place, it takes place within the S&P 500. You're seeing money come out of tech, move into the cyclicals, move into financials. And when that happens, it happens all within the S&P 500. We have a 30 uh, percent size position in SSO. So that's the equivalent of 60% in the S&P 500. Uh, and when we, you automatically catch rotation on days like today when it occurs, because of the different sectors and the weightings. And when money comes out of tech and goes into these other underweighted sectors, they can really move uh, quickly. You're seeing energy up uh, almost 3% uh, today, industrials up 2.5%, basic materials up 3%, financials up 2%, regional banks, which have been the a thorn in the side of the market and a lot of uh, fear up 4.5% today. Uh, great rotation taking place. Uh, this is very positive for the market. And in fact, the last uh, thing that bears could hang their hat on was the lack of broad participation. You're absolutely seeing massive breadth today uh, across the market. But flipping to AI uh, and the email that we got, I mentioned we took a, a position in chat. There are actually about 10 uh, AI sector ETFs that I found. The reason we bought chat, I narrowed it down to these two. The first one is AIQ. This has been around for a while. I'm going to show uh, a chart of AIQ. Uh, and you can see uh, that it, it looks great. Um, base on base breakout like you would have expected, but let's compare it very quickly with our Microsoft comparison tool to the NASDAQ 100. What does that look like? Ba basically identical. So why buy AIQ when you can buy the NASDAQ 100, which is cheaper and is participating, uh, cheaper from a uh, 
what they charge to manage it. And basically you're getting the same return, one up 14%, one up 13%. On the other hand, um, if you look at chat, and one of the reasons why, what is going on here? There's my Zoom. Okay, so let's compare these two very quickly. Here's AIQ, it's top 10 holdings. And I love the holdings. They're yeah. all leaders in the AI space, but the top 10 holdings only make up 37% of AIQ. Go over to chat and the big leaders, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Google combined make up almost 24% and the top 10 make up 56%. It's when the big leaders are moving chat, we would expect that it would outperform. Uh, it also gives you a nice position in NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Google. Uh, Baidu's chart is shaping up. It has two components uh, that are non-US listed. I'm not a big fan about that, uh, but I'll take it. it this is why, one of the reasons why we don't own bots, B-O-T-Z which is uh, the chart looks great, it's acting well, but six of the top 10 in bots are foreign listed and we just don't uh, dig into uh, foreign stocks the way we need to or the way we should to have the confidence to invest in them as part of an ETF. Uh, Adobe, AI, AMD, and Marvell. I love uh, the, the eight of this top 10. I don't necessarily love Baidu, but they are the Chinese leader in AI. Um, the other two, I'll take them. Don't know a whole lot about them. Uh, but the top 10 at 56%, we would expect chat to outperform. It's a great way to get uh, a foot in the space. It's very new, but looking at the components, uh, an ETF goes up or down based on the components. Uh, so even if it's new and it's not necessarily thickly traded, they create the shares when you want them. We just have to make a call to the trading desk, desk say we want to buy X percent of chat, uh, and they'll give us a bid on it. And the ETF creates the shares based on uh, the underlying assets, gives you a price, and we can get in and out of it that way. So liquidity is not as big an issue in ETFs as it is in individual stocks. And the components in chat, like I said, really love them. Uh, big liquid, they're leaders uh, in the generative AI space. And that's why we picked this over AIQ. Still looking at a couple of other ones. Um, haven't dug into all of them yet. There are about 10 of them. Some of them, one of them I um, punted on because it was older. It has like 80 holdings uh, and Robo, in fact, was the ticker. It's 10 years old. It's not current on what the AR, AI leaders are. They haven't rebalanced it into what the true leadership is. So that's why we eliminated that. And um, Quantum, Q-T-U-M, uh, it's thinly traded. Uh, the top holding is NVIDIA, but it's only 2.9% NVIDIA. That's not enough to move the needle. You want NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google to be big holdings. Uh, I liked seeing Tesla in AIQ, but we own Tesla as an individual name. Uh, that's acting extremely well. Uh, Adobe really has a lot going on in AI. Uh, I've read some of the reviews of what their latest software can do, and it's, it's kind of amazing. And uh, AI, the, the ticker AI is uh, very clearly a leader. So bottom line, when you buy an ETF, you have to look under the hood. You got to see what the top holdings are. And you also have to look to see how large the holdings are. Because if it's basically 
20 names or uh, I've seen some that are 50 names, all 2%. That, that, that doesn't really move the needle. Probably isn't going to outperform the S&P 500. So uh, liquidity um, in the bigger names, uh, composition and the size of the overall. And that's why we picked chat to take a initial small position in. Yep. Okay. Um, and by the way, even though the chat is new, Don's absolutely right. The, the liquidity of the ETF is actually based on the liquidity of the underlying securities. So if your underlying securities are highly liquid, which those are some of the most liquid, they are the most liquid stocks on the planet, you're not going to have any problem with that ETF, even though it's brand new. Okay. If you're doing an ETF that's all micro cap penny stocks, then you're going to have a liquidity problem if, if they don't have a lot of shares traded that day. So even if you've got a low quote volume ETF on sh daily shares traded, they have the, oh, what are they called? Authorized agents. It's like the market maker. It's the one that you've got like four or five people that are that are that are like for Microsoft, there may be a few market makers. It may be Fidelity and Morgan Stanley, and for for Apple, it may be uh, Fidelity and and Goldman Sachs. But you have normally three, four market makers for each stock. Well, you also for ETFs, they have these uh, authorized agents that actually create and redeem the ETFs. So normally they just trade in the open market, but if there's not enough volume or they need to create more. The authorized agents can actually go buy the stock off the open market, package together in a share of an ETF and create a new share of an ETF. Conversely, if, if someone's trying to sell and there's not enough liquidity, they can buy that ETF and break it up amongst the individual shares and sell those individual shares. So they can create and redeem these ETFs. And even if they're fairly new, it really depends on the underlying securities held within the ETFs. All right. Um, hey, Dan, one, to, just ahead. to prove your point on that, a couple of years ago, GDXJ, this is right. the junior gold miners index. It was right. going through a massive run and the underlying security, it was back here, 25, 2016, 2015, 2016, the underlying securities were so illiquid that they had to change the prospectus and buy some of the bigger gold miners uh, and include them in GDXJ. So that, uh, that gets to your point about uh, underlying liquidity uh, of the holdings, very important. Doesn't happen a lot, but uh, it does happen. Well, yeah, and not uh, only and that, with GDXJ, when, that go when gold had a run and so everybody wanted the miners done, the the junior miners don't have enough market cap for the demand. Right. They were literally having so much money going into the junior gold miners. They could there weren't enough gold junior gold miners to go around to put in the fund. They were trying to find, and that's another reason they expanded into the bigger miners because they they just didn't have enough market cap because gold got so hot. But in that situation, yep. you could get caught. Now GDX, which is the large gold miners you've got no problem because they've got tons of liquidity. So all, just like all stocks aren't created equal, all ETFs are not created equal. And don't even get me started on ETNs. You really got to be careful of those. That's a whole different topic. All right, before we go to the markets and before I let you lead the guys, Don, and talk about that, uh, Isha, I wanted to talk to you one more time. So I didn't want to give you a little heads up. I was going to call you. Didn't want to surprise you. 
you in this in this pro when I'm looking at your experience, you got all these accolades and hoodly doodlies that you've done, the, the, the things behind your name that are distinguishing. But you've got this one thing that says girls who invest online intensive program. Now I know that that's seven modules for the CFA Institute Investment Foundation certification. So that's you're so you're trying to get a certification from the CFA Institute. Through is this through the school? Is this through NYU or is this it's a private? It's a separate program that you apply to outside of college. Okay, do you have to be a college student? Yeah, I think you do have to be. I think you have to be a freshman. So there's certain so there's certain requirements on that because I we're all, so women. I don't want to say girls. I'll get I'll offend some woman. Um, women tend to be under. Um, underrepresented in this investment community. I know that there's that we could use more female investment advisors, but they're also underserviced by investment advisors and norm and not you know look when I get a couple normally not always but normally either the husband or the wife will kind of run the finances and I'll be talking to one of them or the other. Normally it's not both. And so the other one, and not all, generally it's a man. Sometimes it's the woman, the woman does everything and the husband has no clue. Okay. But the women are kind of underserved. So that's why I was kind of wanted to ask that question. Cause I'm always looking for ways for women to become more educated or find ways for them to get involved, whether they're investing clubs or groups or whatever. So, uh, well, that's interesting. All right. So when do you go back to, and you're not going to summer school at all there, right? You're just, no, I'm not. I go back. I'm actually studying abroad in Madrid in the fall. I think I saw that on, did I, was that on your resume? Where did I, I saw that somewhere. Maybe that was on an email that, or maybe we were talking about it. Don mm -hmm. mentioned that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you're going to Madrid. So for just the fall semester, just the fall. And then I'll be back in Texas in December. And then starting January, I'll be in New York. Habla español? Uh, no. no. Oh, 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 Senor Michael, she may need help. So Michael Ramos actually has his Spanish citizenship because his dad is a Spanish national. In fact, his dad was a heartthrob as like, his dad was like an 18 year old Julio Iglesias in Spain. He was like big deal <laughs> till they, till they drafted him to, to the military. But that's a, that's another story. Anyway, if you need help with uh, uh, the language over there, just reach out to Michael. He'll be, he'll be happy to set you, you up. Got it. All right, Don. So let's, let's go and let's start talking about the overall, uh, uh, the, the, the markets and kind of that topic, where do you go? What do you do? And what are your guys are going to talk about today? Uh, well, I pretty much covered the, the five major indexes and how they're uh, breaking out today and the cues are lagging. So I think we'll segue right into what the fellas want to talk about. And something I referenced in one of the videos is uh, very interesting relative to the, the PE of the overall market if you exclude the big cap tech companies. And Mike's going to talk about that today. Mike, take it away. All right. So, yeah, um, basically what, what you guys spoke about earlier about the, um, the top 10 holdings um, in the index, uh, making up most of the gains um, and where it's coming from. Um, essentially like ai been on fire no signs of slowing down and with the s p holding above 4200 um where that 4200 level was was pretty serious resistance and now we've blown through that 
And um, I was watching um, a show last week. Um, it's called Bloomberg uh, Wall Street Week, which I, I highly recommend to um, all our viewers. Um, it's, it's a great show and it gives you sort of an idea of what institutions are doing. Um, they've got great speakers and great information there. And they showed a chart that um, basically shows the contribution of the top 20, um, uh, the contribution that the top 20 AI stocks have had on the index. And these top 20 stocks have contributed 10 percentage points of performance to the S&P 500. <laughs> so without them, the index is actually flat Negative. on the year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's, I think after today, now we're, we're flat. Um, but the level of the of the S and P five hundred without the AI boom stocks would be sitting at around thirty eight hundred, and the top seven stocks make up about twenty five percent of the entire index, and the top ten are thirty five percent of the index, which is interesting because that that ETF you showed them the AIQ where they have the top ten holdings around thirty five percent. I think aside from Oracle and and Salesforce, um, it, it's pretty much the same composition in the in the S and P five hundred, which is why um, that ETF is mirroring the the Nasdaq so closely. Um, and if you pull up a chart of RSP, you can really see a clear picture of the divergence. Uh, RSP is having a good day today. We are seeing some some breadth in in the rally, but it, it's significantly lagging behind the, the S and P because it it um it's equal weight so you don't have this large weighting in in the top 10 names um and so yeah 100 percent of the rally um so far year to date in the s&p has come from seven stocks so unless you own the index or those top seven stocks you would have had a really hard time making money this year and you can see that in small caps iwm has been significantly underperforming the Dow was doing kind of well, then it started lagging. It's really been the S&P and the NASDAQ where the majority of the, the gains of the performances come from. And um, just perspective, Microsoft um, year to date is up 39.3%, Google up 40.2%, uh, 40 Meta up 126%, Amazon up 46%, Apple up 39%. Nvidia up 172% and Tesla up 38%. So without without those names, uh, it's it's been pretty tough. Um, and what's happening now too is that when people are shorting the S&P 500, because there there were a lot of hedge funds that were short, there are a lot of people that are that the, don't believe the valuation of the index is justified based on on this forward multiple. When you're shorting the S&P, you're actually shorting the 10 strongest stocks that have high levels of momentum. So you're, it's, it's a game that, that you don't really want to play at this point. And there are a few different ways of interpreting this. The obvious conclusion would be that the overall economy is suffering while a few companies are benefiting. But another way to interpret it could be that the performance of these 10 companies has held up the index. And as the index now continues to rally, as money rotates back into the underperforming names, many of which are sitting at reasonable valuations because the value, the, the level of the index without those top 10 names or top seven names would be at 3,800, which is a reasonable multiple for the index. Um, as money starts rotating, as we're seeing today, back into the underperforming and lagging um, uh, names, 
it's possible that we don't get a meaningful correction. And um, perhaps the mega caps and the AI boom stocks were, were the, uh, the buoy or the boy, if we've got any viewers in Australia or the UK. Um, it's, it's been the, the buoy that supported the, uh, the market at the, um, the index level. So um, we'll, we'll see where we go from here, but that, um, that, that might be um, what, what we've got. Well, I, 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 I'd like to jump in on a couple points. Number one, we do have listeners both in England and Australia. Okay, we've actually got one guy in New Zealand, but we got a few in Australia. Um, so in summary, Michael, I'm going to just wrap this up in a nice bow. What Michael's telling you is that PEs are earned. High PEs are not necessarily bad. That means they're the best stocks. If you got a low PE, they earn that. They're junk. Okay. So you, Michael, you, so what you're saying, Michael, is you want to do what, what I just thought of kosher investing. You want, you don't want to buy junk off the bottom. You don't want to buy trash. You want to be selective and, 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 and only, yes, and only consume or invest in the best of the best and the things that are clean, that are making money, that are no, not no struggling. bottom feeding. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom feeding. Yeah, the, the analogy to kosher investments, folks, obviously, if you know kosher eating, you can't eat shellfish or fish with skin. You can only eat fish with scales. Catfish, fish with skin, crabs, lob, they're all scavengers. They eat dead things off the bottom. They're bottom, they're bottom fishers. That's why if you're bottom fish, that's what you're fishing for. Anyway, I digress. So we want to do kosher investing and just try to pick the best. All right, Don, back to you. Mike, great. Um... Great summary there, and yeah, that was. the Bears hate you right now because you just uh, refuted their last bastion of bearishness theory, and that was the breadth and the fact that the market is, is, is so overvalued. But like you said, when you break it down, the 3,800 equivalent is a very reasonable PE, and now we're getting participation from those cyclicals today, possibly sparked by partially by the the jobs report today and the the possibility of stimulus in China also uh, but either way and uh, they signed the, the debt bill it, yeah yeah they signed the debt bill and it and it also signals a softer landing and not necessarily a catastrophic recession that a lot of the doomsayers uh, have been pointing to so good stuff there mike Hey Don, so Let's so go, uh, well, hang, hang on. So so really, the big question the last couple of days that we have been at Revere have been asking, but even Wall Street was, with such a narrow market with just the AI stocks, one of two things has to happen: either the AI stocks will lift all boats and you'll get broader breadth and more participation with these other sectors and small cap and everything like Don was saying, or they finally give up the ghost, the large cap stocks, and they, they can't lift up the other stocks and they're going to pull back with everything else. It appears so far and based on today's market action that the former is true and breadth is expanding and this bullish trend is continuing. Now that can always change, but right now this is very bullish. All right, Don. And speaking of breadth... Let's go over to Ted, who just sent me a couple slides on breath today, and we'll start there. Ted, take it away. Yeah, so before I go into my section about identifying leaders, I just wanted to point this out to the viewers. So today, the NASDAQ, 
put in new net highs. Um, it's the biggest reading in the last three months and supported by today's price action. That's pretty positive. And then if you go to the New York Stock Exchange um, photo, that that is relatively significant relative, like comparing the last few months. So let's we, we want to see this expand as we continue higher um, in the coming weeks and months. And then so jumping to the section that I was going to talk about today, I was just going to talk about how to identify leaders and then three key characteristics that we look for during corrections and spotting leaders. And before I talk about that, corrections are a necessary evil. Um, it resets the markets and exposes the best names. And so a good analogy is that market leaders are like basketballs underwater. During a correction, there's heavy weight on them, but they will usually resist the decline. And so one of my favorite quotes, I'm a big quotes guy, is from Nicholas Darvis in his book. Um, he says, I tried to detect those stocks that resisted the decline. I reasoned that if they could swim against the stream, they were the ones that would advance most rapidly when the current changes. And so I, I think that quote is great because um, leaders stick out like sore thumbs during corrections. Um, their multiples are compressed. And when, when that pressure is lifted, that usually causes explosive action coming out of correction. And so the three characteristics, oh, well, there's many characteristics, but I selected three um, pretty obvious ones that you can look for during corrections and spotting leaders. The first one is the RS line into new highs before price. The second characteristic is that stocks form a higher low when markets make a lower low. And then the third one is that stocks make a new high as the market comes off a low with the RS line into a new high. Or even better, if the market is making a new low and the stock is making a new high. And so, Don, I wanted to go back to the great financial crisis and showcase four stocks. Um, so if you just go back to, let's just say, December 10th, 2009, so we can see like the, the destruction and then aftermath. And then go to Apple. And so if you go, can you go on the weekly chart as well? Because that paints a better picture. So as you can see in this weekly chart, um, there's some nuances. So I'll try to do my best to describe it because I'm not on the screen, so I can't point to it. But if you were to draw a horizontal line just across those like RS line tops, you see that around that March 2009 era, as the market comes off the low, Apple's RS line is heading into new highs. And on top of that, um, if you just look, when Apple is correcting, there's three, um, three waves down. And then that weekly bar, I believe it's 3-5-2009. Do you, you see that igniting bar? Yeah, Don pointed to it. That was a higher low put in while the market made a new lower low. And those, that's just an example. Um, of the characteristics I described earlier. RS line makes a new high before price, as well as confirming a new high when it broke out and the stock formed a higher low while the market's made a lower low. The second stock, Don, can you go to is Netflix. Again here, if you draw a horizontal line um, across those tops in the RS line, we make a new high before price. And then even better when another, like a, a even more obvious uh, sign that a stock is a leader is that in, when the S&P 500, that black line on top made a low, a new low 
um, and the final low in March 2009, Netflix was at all time, I think all time highs, or at least it made a new high relative to the previous price action in the last like four years. So th that's like a stock telling you that it's a leader and it wants to go higher. Um, and it still has a three, like the three major characteristics I talked about before. Um, and then the last two, I'll just go through quicker because the characteristics are similar. Um, Amazon for the next one. Again, if you put, if you draw a horizontal line, RS line, new highs before price, um, the stock was making higher lows pretty much the entire time, almost the entire time in 2009, um, while, while the market was making lower lows. And then the moment the pressure came off, Amazon was into new highs and soaring. And then the final name from the great financial crisis is Google that I want to showcase. Once again, RS line new highs before price and the stock was making higher lows while the market was making lower lows. So in identifying leaders, it is, it is key to compare what the like, major indexes are doing, the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 versus what the stock is doing. And that is how you can pick up on early signs that a new leader may be forming or it is a new leader. And then finally in my section, I'm just gonna showcase a few 2023 like clear new leaders um so if you can come back to the present and then pull up smci and so in this bear market the s p 500 only corrected about like 27.5 percent so the leaders really really showcase themselves unlike the great financial crisis like even though amazon apple netflix were leaders back then they still suffered and corrected, but it was only about like one X the general market. Here, SMCI, if you go on the weekly chart, it literally just has been stair-stepping, making higher lows every time the market has made a lower low. If you just comp compare the black line up top um, to the chart of SMCI, and the RS line just has been a steady uptrend, making new highs every time, confirming the price action of new highs with its own um, new highs. And it, like, it's yeah, just all the characteristics of of leadership. Um, and then the next one is Rambus, RMBS, it's a semiconductor stock. We know this, this area is hot um, because of AI, autonomous vehicles. Again, RS line just has been trending up pretty much the entire bear market correction, um, higher lows while the market is making lower lows. And now the pressure is lifted and you can see the acceleration of price action. And then I'll quickly go through the last one. ELF has been an anomaly. It's been an absolute titan of a stock, this bear market. You go on the weekly chart, pretty much the opposite chart of the S&P 500. It's pretty much been the uptrend the entire time. RS line is just pointing at one o'clock. And this is like pretty much a model leader that we want to look for. They're pretty rare, but when you, when you find something like these, it'll, it'll make your year or even your life. And that concludes my section on leaders. Great job, Ted. I talk about relative strength every night in the videos, and it's it's probably the number one tool besides price and volume that we use in-house. Let me give you an example of something that's misleading here with Mercado Libre. Now, if you look at this chart here, it had a lot of the things that we look for. It had uh, a big a gap up here, 
It had a nice reaction to earnings here. Uh, but look what the stock is doing. It, it, it's making higher lows and higher highs. But you'd think to yourself, hey, man, this is cool. I'm, I'm in a leader. But look what it's doing on a relative strength basis. It's actually trending lower versus the S&P 500. Without this relative strength line on the chart, you would be misled into thinking that Mercado Libre is uh, a leading stock. And it's just not a leader because leaders don't stick in line with the S&P 500. When we buy something, we want to buy something that's going to do twice as much as the return that the S&P 500 is going to give us on the upside. And the key to that is identifying continuing progress on the relative strength line, as well as progress uh, in the price action. Great job there, Ted. Uh, Connor, let's go over to you for uh, your segment, and then uh, Dan can take us home. Yeah, so uh, today I wanted to go over three trade setups that I've seen and, and something that I think has been occurring um, a decent amount. And it kind of comes in line with, you know, the Russell IWM, it's getting over the 200-day moving average. Um, the IBD50 index is trying to get over the 200-day moving average. So some of these smaller cap names may be coming in favor. but um, so. When you get a stock that, that does great earnings and it gaps up on huge volume, you want to find a way to get in. Um, and sometimes it, you want to buy the gap or sometimes you wait. Um, and three stocks this week have all had earnings gaps a couple weeks back, but um, they all acted similar in offering an entry point. And I just wanted to explain what, what I'm looking at and what I see in some of these setups, and, and it might add some value. Uh, so the first one is Celsius. This one gapped up on earnings, but, and it kind of lagged the market. It, it went sideways down for a little bit. But if you look at it, um, as it was coming down, it, it was on light volume. I mean, it was on light volume. I don't think it's any raise of concern. It never violated that earnings gap low. And then look when it touches the 21 day moving average, it shoots right back up. So I think recognizing this, and the most important thing is that you want to see the volume dry up. If a stock gaps up and then it comes back down on high uh, selling pressure, then that's not a good sign. But this one, it, it was declining volume. And once it hit the 21 day, it shot right back up, which gave the averages um, some time to catch up. And that would have been a low risk entry. Um, another, same thing with Uber this week. Uber was an earnings gap, gapped up and you know, we talked on the morning calls, it was, this one was kind of lagging a little bit, but sometimes these names that gap up, they need time to digest that move and whatnot. So when you look at this one, volume was declining after the gap, it was going sideways. And now it, it touched the 21 day moving average, bounced on above average volume, and now it's following through. And another one is um, uh, DraftKings is another one. This one actually did it twice. Um, same thing, it was kind of lagging, going sideways while the market was going up. But, you know, sometimes your names aren't always going to go up with the markets. And that's why, you know, we emphasize having the SSO. But this one was a similar situation. It gapped up and came back down. So I think this is useful because if you buy that gap, this could help you not get shaken out. But also it could help you, uh, give you a spot to add with low risk because, you know, if it violates that on volume, then maybe it's not time. So this is something that I've been seeing a lot. And 
I think it can help when you're trading stocks that are gapping up on earnings, how to manage risk, and if you're looking to add. Great point. And let, let's talk about getting in at the right time, too, because uh, I purchased Celsius uh, around here. And then when it started pulling back, all three of my buys went to negative. When it broke the ADMA and the market was under pressure on Tuesday, I got stopped out on the break below this. But all it was doing, like you said, it really was just a normal pullback. Uh, bounced at the 21 and look what it's done the last couple of days. Compare that to... Um, Lulu to one. Uber, where uh, I was losing. I got in earlier on this one. I got in down here uh, and down here, added some more around this area. But when it started to pull back, I was still at a profit in the first couple of buys, so I could withstand uh, the pullback to the 21. And then it did exactly what Celsius did pull back to the 21 and take over. But I got shook out of Celsius because my cost basis wasn't as good as it was with Uber, where I was able to withstand the pullback. Uh, and still stay positive. So um, where you enter is extremely important as well as what the action is overall. So three great segments there, Dan, by uh, this fantastic staff that we've assembled here. Really uh, like working with these guys. They provide countless uh, contributions. And I'm really looking forward to Connor and Ted moving to St. Augustine for uh, some hands-on look behind the business. They're probably going to learn, I'm probably going to learn as much uh, from them and some things that that they're plugged into with various trading platforms that they use as uh, they are going to learn from me about the business. So uh, bright future for Revere. I'm really excited. They're, about. They're, are they, are they going to teach you a little bit down. about Excel? If not, I can get Isha to no. uh, help, help no. you yeah, with Isha, Excel. <laughs> that's right. Isha's uh, expressed her uh, expertise in statistical analysis of Excel to me, and I'm excited to work with her this summer on a couple of different things. So. Uh, really well, she. I, I think she does understand stats because she came in a little early, and I started going over the modern portfolio theory MPT, and that you know because they use the normal standard distribution, the bell curve, for that. Well, returns are not normally distributed; they don't fall under the bell curve, so it's garbage in, garbage out. So we were kind of talking about that, and she immediately picked up on it. Her eyes didn't glaze over, so I quickly realized she's had some statistics before. Because normally when I start talking about the level of significance or whatever, they, they start looking at me like I'm, you know, got a horn going on my head. Anyway, well, folks, listen, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Isha, thank you for coming in. And uh, sitting down with us, folks, if you like, please tell a neighbor, tell a friend. We do most, almost, we don't spend a lot on marketing, hardly at all. We give, but we put out tons of free research every day. Every day the market is open. Don or someone on the team is doing a daily market insight video. It's called Tomorrow's Insights. It's you go to revereasset.com and go up in the top right-hand corner. There's a subscribe button. You can just hit subscribe, have your them put their name and email in there. We're not going to spam them. We're not going to send them a bunch of junk. That just signs up so they get this podcast directly in their inbox every Saturday morning when we send it out. And you'll get Don's daily uh, tomorrow's insights videos that he does every night after the market's open right into their inbox. Now, if you go to YouTube and you just search for Revere Asset, 
and you hit the subscribe button, you'll actually have this. So right now it's what, just a little about uh, 1150 or just before noon central time. Zach will have this wrapped up in a package probably by one or one thirty central time, and it'll be posted on YouTube. So you'll even have it before the market close. So if you're really a stock nerd and you really got to have your fix, then, then go to the, the, go to the YouTube route. Cause you get, get alerted as soon. Now, you still want to sign up for the subscribe on, on our website because the daily market insight videos, you may get those, you'll get those actually earlier, just mechanical thing. But anyway, we tell you the midterm, long-term and short-term strength of the markets, you know, the indices, the NASDAQ, the small cap, mid large bonds, everything, gold, crypto. And then we also go over individual stocks that we're looking at bird dogging or even own. We actually pull back the curtain, you know, the Wizard of Odd curtain, and we show you what we're actually doing in the portfolios. By the way, if you become a, a, a client, then that newsletter really comes alive because now you feel it in real time. You understand it. If you're just on the outside looking in, you kind of get it, but it's a little bit esoteric. It's a little bit out there in cyberspace. It's, it's, it's philosophical. When you actually become a client, it becomes real and you understand exactly what we're doing. Anyway, if you've got any questions, you can always email me at dan at revereasset.com or, or you can email any of the team, Don, Michael, Ted, or Connor at revereasset.com. And you can send us an email about a stock you want us to look at or a topic you want covered on the air. Or if you just want a complimentary portfolio review. And you can always call us old school at 855 Real Wealth. We'll talk to you next week on your money. Because it's not how much you make in the markets, it's how much of that you can keep. Your Money Radio podcast covers general topics and investment ideas for research. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be investment advice. If you want or need investment advice, contact your own advisors or reach out to Revere Asset Management for individual investment advice. For more information, just go to revereasset.com.